Mothers deserve the absolute best. So this Mother's Day, spoil the moms in your life with little luxuries from Osea. Osea's skin and body care is the perfect way to remind all the moms, mother figures, caregivers, grandmothers, and mother-in-laws in your life to make time for themselves. If you have been looking for the perfect gift, I recommend Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I've been using it for years and it seems like every single time I apply it, I get compliments on my skin. This body oil is rich, but it's never greasy and it's clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. Your skin will feel more sculpted and toned and you'll be left feeling silky, soft and glowing. Another favorite of mine is the Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Ever since I've been using collagen, I have noticed a difference in my skin. In fact, it's never been better. Using Osea's body oil and lotion together is a mega moisture duo, giving you a full body glow. Osea's products are infused with our signature Andaria seaweed, but it's also clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Really just a perfect gift for yourself, the moms in your life, and even the planet. Spoil the moms in your life with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Welcome, my darlings. It's time for a brand new episode of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. I am uh, I'm sitting here right now feeling so much, so, so much. It's one of those one of those days today where I was dreading actually recording this podcast just a little bit. And sometimes I do that when I feel like I have no idea what I'm going to talk about. Like I don't, I, when I feel a little bit uninspired or like I'm having a hard time to connect sometimes I feel like, oh, I don't know what to say on the show. And then sometimes I dread recording a little bit because I don't want it to be a bad or a boring episode, you know, but today I felt that, but for the opposite reason, I was kind of dreading recording this episode because I feel so much, I have so much moving inside. I feel a little bit overwhelmed with emotion and with stories to share and I actually don't know where to begin and even as I'm just sitting here right now I I can feel the tears coming already so I'm happy and grateful that I get to have this space to process and open and, and that you're listening to me which is such a blessing so thank you for being here thank you for listening to this show so I am getting really close to the end of my trip I'm still in Costa Rica it's my last night actually as I'm recording this it's 5 p.m I'm sitting on the floor in the the villa where I'm staying here outside of Santa Teresa in, in Costa Rica in the most beautiful place and um Looking outside, I see the ocean, I see the surf. It's been raining today. I mean, it's raining season, so it's raining a little bit every day. But today was this heavy, heavy downpour. Anyone who's experienced Costa Rican rain in raining season knows. It's like it can rain here to the point of it just it feels like the sky has opened up and it's like it can beat you to the ground, like that kind of rain. You step out of the car and you take two steps to go in your house and you're going to be soaked to the bone, that kind of rain. So it rained like that today and the whole town lost electricity for a while and it's just everything is muddy and just really special. I mean, I, I, I love, I love the rain here. I love the raining season here and it's my last day. Um, it's a two week trip. So I have a little trek tomorrow. I take one of those little puddle jumper planes, one of those tiny, tiny, scary little planes to go to San Jose, the capital, and then I spend the night because I always have, every time I leave this country, I wake up at 3.30 in the morning to take the red eye home. <laughs> and uh, it's a 5 a.m. or 5.30 a.m. flight to go to get to Aruba via Panama. And it's always been like that. It's always been the same. So I have this really interesting just habit of always spending at least a day or two in San Jose on my way in and at least a day or two in San Jose on my way out. And it's in San Jose, I have my chosen family is there. So I have 
friends and community all over Costa Rica. Costa Rica is, I mean, such a special, special place in my heart. It's my second home more than any other place. It's strange. I feel more at home in Costa Rica than I've ever felt in Aruba. And I've been 11 years in Aruba. It's so strange. I've been contemplating this. I feel so at home here. And um, in San Jose, even though San Jose, Chepe, it's the it's the capital of this country. And a lot of people don't really stop to spend time in San Jose. I don't know why. I think because there's so much to explore in Costa Rica. There's, I mean, everyone wants to be in the rainforest and see the cloud forest and the volcano and the beach. And of course, so people kind of hurry through San Jose. Even though San Jose is a is is, is, an, is an amazing city, truly is an amazing city. There's so much culture and food and music and, I mean, places to go and things to see and just it's it's truly a special place. And for me, San Jose is it's extra special because Andrea, my my best friend, who passed away, who I talk about all the time, who I write about all the time, who. I wrote a book about, you know, I feel like, I, I think a lot of people who listen to this podcast and who follow me on social media feel like they know her too, in a sense, because I, there's something about my friendship with her that allows me to tap into this kind of storytelling that is really hard for me to access, actually. It's like writing about her, I can close my eyes and put my you know, fingers down to the keyboard of my laptop or onto my phone or my journal and just words just pour out of me. They come pouring out of me. And I do my most channeled writing, you know, where I write and write and write and I feel like I can write poetry. I mean, I can write another book about our relationship, about her. There's just something so vulnerable there and so raw still. Like even just speaking now, I, I, I'm half crying because, you know, I miss her. And she lived in Escazú, which is this part of San Jose. And Escazú is like a small, like actually San Jose is a small place. Costa Rica is a small place. It's kind of like, you know, if you're in Escazú, everybody kind of knows everybody. But um, so a lot of my, my friends are there and sort of this chosen family that I have that all link back to her in different ways whether it's friends that I made on my own from different places that then became her super good friends. Like we have family created that way. Uh, we have a little family of like, I had my own, my own besties in different parts of the country that for different reasons, like never met each other. It's just one of those, have you ever been in friendships like that where you have like an amazing friend over here and then someone who's like a brother to you over here or a sister to you over here? but it's somehow you're in different worlds. So then these relationships just don't connect. Like that's what I had for years here. And then right as I left Costa Rica and I moved to Aruba to be with Dennis, right after that, like immediately after, finally, they all connected and realized, of course, they were long lost sisters and brothers <laughs> and became super, super, super close and started spending so much time. And I always felt like, like I have this little family here, you know, I mean, it's really, it's family to the, in the most sincere sense of the word. And every time I would travel here, you know, I would spend the night or spend a few days or sometimes spend the week and, and, and stay in Escazú with Andrea and stay with her family there. For a long time, she lived with her, with her family in their house. And then she got her own little house in the mountains, which was so precious. And, and she would pick me up at the airport, you know, and, and that's what we did. And every single person that I know through her, including her family, her relatives, her people, her friends, it's like after she died, she died in a car accident in 2014, but after she died, you know, we are all just in, incredibly linked. I mean, it's like we are all connected in this really strange way for the rest of our lives and it's and it's strange because I have some relationships there with like some of Andrea's best friends who really like I mean we don't know each other that well you know <laughs> like people who just like I met a few times through her but it's not like I was friends with them it was like they were Andrea's friends but after she died it's like we are 
like we have each other's names tattooed in our hearts somehow like we will always be linked through the love that we that we throughout our entire lives you know share, shared and felt for her and it's almost like this web of people of people in, in this country and also in other places it's like i meet people sometimes who met andrea i just met her and i know them you know it's like we share a bond just because they met her And people who knew her, it's like we will always know each other in that way. And that, that grief sort of bonds us in a really strange way. And um, when it comes to, to Andrea's family, I mean, her family is my family. I have no, I, I cannot explain that in any other way. And um, yeah, the reason this is all so present in my heart right now is that last night her Andrea's mom passed away and um, yeah I want to take just a moment to to honor her you know Andrea's mom Doña Patricia I've never not called her Doña Patricia <laughs> yeah, um, Andrea's mom. She was, she was Andrea's favorite person. I mean, and Andrea had a lot of favorite humans in her life. She had so many close friends and people and family and cousins and her sister. And, you know, she had a community like that woman was a community maker. She was loved by so many and she loved so many but there is no human in this world that Andrea loved more than her mom I mean sometimes she would just talk about her mom and, and, and cry you know because she loved her with so much intensity and there's, their relationship was so special especially in the end like especially in the last year of Andrea's life we just had so many conversations about her mom I mean she would tell me so many stories and just share so much appreciation and so much gratitude for being in a really good place with her mom and last night she died you know and and she was a really important person in my life it's hard to explain um, because she wasn't my mom and I have a really complicated relationship with my own mom and um there's no relationship I can compare it to You know, she wasn't like an aunt to me. It was more important than that, like closer than that. Um, yeah, she was like my fairy godmother, abuela, mom, <laughs> something like soul-connected human that just, yeah, she was my best friend's mom, you know. And... Since Andrea died, we, of course, like we became really close and really bonded. And every time I visit Costa Rica, I stop and, and visit them and see her. And, and, and she was ill. She was sick. And over the last, yeah, last few months, I've been really trying to, I had this feeling, I don't know, I had this feeling that, I mean, she's been, She's been sick. And I had this feeling that she she just needs some inspiration, you know. She needs some motivation. She needs some joy. She needs like a spark of energy. I don't know. Um and just I it was almost this feeling like I don't know, like I could will her to get better. Like any like someone could will her to get better. I know anyone who's who's been with someone as they've been ill for a while. Or an illness that that kind of takes you slowly. In this case, it wasn't so slow. It was it was way too fast. But but um, you know that last piece of healing, which really is so anchored in this zest for life, right? This joy to live. This this spark. This fight. This inspiration to really 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 like have the energy to fight another day through something really heavy and hard and, and I just felt over these past few weeks and months like that's what she needs 
know, so I've been sending her songs and videos and little videos and pictures of Leia, you know, and just really, I don't know, I've, I've just really wanted to be there, you know. And I think, I mean, I cannot imagine, I, I know every, any parent listening to this, any mother listening to this, I mean, we cannot ever put ourselves in the shoes of a mother who's lost their child. I mean, it's not the way things are supposed to go. It's the wrong order of things. You know, it really is that universal, like, like I think we can all agree, like, children are not supposed to die before their parents you know and having to live through that having to live through losing your daughter in such a horrible accident in a horrible way and so unexpectedly and yeah I just it's been a, it's been a, a hard seven years for her I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. When she got sick, she was saying she really wants to, she really wants to travel. And it's kind of, I have, I've had this feeling that for years it's been so hard because of course, how can it not be so hard and so heavy for the rest of your life? And then this time when she got sick, she said she really wants, she's done with this sickness and this illness. She really wants to travel. She wants adventure. And for the first time I could see that. Like I could envision that and I was really like, man, this is the thing and she's going to fight this and she's going to heal and she's going to travel, you know, she's going to like really get back this zest for life that I always saw in her, you know, as long as Andrea was alive, this like powerhouse of a woman with, I mean, I've never met a person with more, <laughs> with more energy, <laughs> or a louder voice, you know, or more strength in her bones than anyone in my entire life. I mean, she was a force of nature, this woman. And of course, when Andrea died, like it was dimmed, like that light was dimmed. And I just saw, I saw her in Sweden. I'm like, we're moving to Sweden and Patricia and her sister, Andrea's aunt and her cousins and her, you know, they're her sister they're gonna come visit us and and I saw it like it's actually gonna happen and I envisioned us around a fire laughing together and I sent her a, a video sharing like I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna cook for you like when you get better and you visit us in Sweden I am gonna cook because okay so I have to share this story because it brings me so much joy and it was one of Andrea's and my favorite stories. <laughs> and I shared it with her in the end, or with Doña Patricia in the end. But um, so this is many years ago now. But back in the day when Andrea and I were wild and crazy, I mean, we really were wild and crazy. Um, <laughs> so there, we have another friend. Um, we have another friend. So there's another, there, we had a little trio going for a little while. So me and Andrea and our friend Laura, and Laura is here now with me. She's downstairs making guacamole. <laughs> and Laura is married since long. She's a, she looks younger than, like always looked younger than all of us, but she's a little bit older and she was married for a long time already. So we used to call, like Laura was la casada. She was the married one. And I was la macha, which is, I'm the blonde one. And uh, Andrea was la loca. Like she was the crazy one. And it really was like that. Like both, we had a lot of crazy in, in us. And um, back in the day when we would, you know, like Andrea would <laughs> pick me up at the airport and we would go out to eat and find the first nearest place to go dance, like right away, or just get in the car and road trip and find the first beach bar where we could like drink some tequila and go crazy. Or when we lived together <laughs> in Dominical, I mean, we, we were wild and intense and there were boys and I mean, yeah, 
this was these were the days these were the years so one of those trips it was always so beautiful to because we lived in Dominical which is this tiny little this small little pueblo down down south and both of our houses were so run down I mean we really lived in shacks like actual shacks her house was 300 a month and my house was 500 a month, which was like a fortune. And I had to share it with someone. I had really strange roommates for a while. Like I, I was talking to Laura about that yesterday. Like I actually walked around down in the town asking people if they wanted to move in with me. Strangers, strange guys, like strange whoever. I needed a roommate because I couldn't afford this house on my own. I mean, I was really like that kind of wild, right? Um, and Andrea lived next door and I didn't have a fridge in my house like literally no fridge electricity would come and go it was just a really dirty house her house had a fridge so I would eat from her fridge when I could but it was the kind of house like her bottom bottom floor of her house had a dirt floor like actual dirt floor where it just it was just dirt you know <laughs> this is how we lived and it was everything was kind of gross and dirty and Everything smelled, everything was a little musty or mildewy all the time. I mean, I'm pretty sure I brought the mold situation we had at our house in Aruba. Like I brought that from Costa Rica 15 years ago. But um, so going up to San Jose and spending time with her mom was such a treat because it was like a luxury, right? To go home, of course, like go home to your mom after living in these shacks and just like not like having proper food to eat and just being all wild and crazy. And then there, and she would do our laundry and like make the beds super nice. And there's always so much food. I mean, there's always an abundance of food cooked in the kitchen, ready to be had. And Doña Patricia would always like pinch my cheek and like, ah, you have to eat more. Make sure you eat more, have a little more, you know? And I was, <laughs> I was vegan already at the time. And that was like a whole concept to, to, to like, like make sense of. But like, what does that mean? You know, and I'm trying to explain like, no, I just, I just, I just, I don't, I don't eat meat, you know? Oh, okay, okay, but it's okay. You'll have the chicken. And I'm like, no, like, <laughs> like I don't eat meat. I don't eat chicken. Ah, okay, fine. Like, I'll, I'll make you a ham sandwich, you know? And I'm like, I don't... <laughs> Ham is me, and then I was like, "Mommy, like she doesn't want this food. Like, stop, stop trying to feed her this food. She doesn't want to eat." And um, eventually, like she figured out vegan food for me, and was always so, so proud and so happy. Like when she found something vegan or a recipe that was vegan, or had made sure she had food um, at the house that I could eat when she knew I was coming. You know, it was always like going the extra mile. And for us to go there was always like such a such a treat and go stay in Andrea's room at her mom's house. And then one day, and I can't remember how this happened, but one day we were supposed to go to dinner at some guy's house. I don't know who this guy is. I can't remember. But some people that we had met, we were going to go have like a dinner with and then we were going to go out dancing. And this was in San Jose. And I had Kila, my dog. She was really little and she was like with us everywhere. And we get to this guy's house somewhere in the mountains where there's like a lot of people. And for some reason we had decided we are going to cook for everyone. And we were going to make like a curry or something or a stew. I can't remember that I had a recipe she wanted to try. And we decided we're going to cook for everyone. And we get there and this is like a bachelor type house. Like there's no, there's no stuff in the kitchen and uh, there's no pots. There's no pots and no pans. And we had bought all this food and we were supposed to cook. And it's like, shit. And it was really close to Andrea's mom's house. So Andrea goes, okay, like, let me call, let me call mommy. And I just, I ask her if we can borrow a pot. Probably she's not going to want to. She's like, but let me call her and ask. And she calls her mom. She's like, hey, mom, can we borrow a pot so we can make this food? And her mom is like, Andrea, no. <laughs> Stop stealing things from the house and then losing them all over, all over the country. Like, no, if you take a pot from my kitchen, I know I'm not getting it back. So no, 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 no. You cannot take a pot from the kitchen. <laughs> this was also typical Andrea's, like losing her shit all the, like losing her stuff all the time. I mean, she was really clumsy. She would constantly looking for things like constantly looking for her car keys looking for her wallet looking for her purse I mean she just was this like scatterbrained kind of person so I get that her mom is like no and then Andrea and I are like what are we gonna do and she says hey let's let's go steal it and we had to like make a plan 
<laughs> we had this full intention to bring this pot back, but we like sat down and planned this devious plan as if we were in Ocean's Eleven or something of like knowing when her mom was going to go like take a shower or be upstairs in her room and how we could sneak in. And if we were really quick and we didn't turn the light on downstairs, we could go into the kitchen and like steal this pot and just sneak out and she would never know. <laughs> so... So we actually like get in the car, drive across town, go to her own house, right? go to her mom's house, like breaking and entering basically into her own house. And we were doing this, of course, like laughing to the point of peeing our pants. Like we had so much fun planning this plan. Like if we had like black spandex and like a ski mask, like we would have put that on. Like we were like going into this complete role of we are now spy ninjas. And we're like going to bust this pot out of this house. So we can provide for, for this party, for this dinner party. <laughs> we go in. <laughs> oh, I could, I could just cry because this is just, I remember this so much. We had so much fun, like planning this and going to the house and we sneak in and we're super, 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 super quiet. And I had to like be the lookout by the stairs, by the entrance, by the door. And she snuck in. And of course, like on the way there, she like bumps her toe into something and like curses and like, fuck, you know, trying not to curse and trying not to scream knocks something over in the kitchen of course because like that's who she was and something tumbles and falls and there's this moment of like everything getting really quiet and like fuck 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 she's gonna know she's gonna hear that we're home she's gonna hear that we're home and then it's quiet and then there comes and she has the pot and then her mom <laughs> opens the door from the top floor Andrea matcha <laughs> la olla la olla like the pot the pot no <laughs> and she runs down the stairs and we bust out of the house with a pot like get into the car rev out of the driveway and her mom is at the door like the pot <laughs> and Andrea goes mommy te quiero tanto te quiero mucho I love you so much I love you I, I'm gonna bring it back I promise I promise I promise mm -hmm. I'm just like Ugh. like don't be mad don't be mad I'm gonna bring the pot back <laughs> and then we drove off <laughs> and Doña Patricia she was so upset but she was upset in the way like how she would get upset with Andrea like it's upset but with so much love you know because she knows like this pot is probably not gonna make it back make its way back to the house you know and we go, we go to this place, we have this whole story of like how we got this pot, we cook this amazing meal, give everybody, I mean, feed everybody, have a great time, drank a lot of wine, probably drank too much wine, went out dancing, so-and-so, and then go back, because we were sleeping at home, like at Andrea's house with her mom. And then as we get to the house, and it's late, right? I mean, we've had some wine, it's late. We get to the house, the taxi drops us off and she looks at me and I look at her and it's like, no, no, the pot, <laughs> the pot. <laughs> and of course, we forgot the fucking pot at this random guy's house on the other side of town and we just don't have it. And we know like we're not like we're semi drunk. We can't go back and get this pot like this is not going to happen. So it's like, oh, shit. OK, we know like we're in trouble now you know so we sneak in and we go to bed <laughs> sleeping in our bed and in the morning literally we are woken up by a banging on her door la olla la olla andrea donde esta la olla where's the pot andrea where's the pot <laughs> like she doesn't say good morning she's just knocking on the door the pot it's gone this the where's the pot <laughs> we I almost peed my pants laughing. I mean, we're just like in bed dying laughing. It was just this whole like, this was like a little snapshot into our lives, right? And as I'm remembering this, and then of course we had to go downstairs and like apologize and, and, and already she's smiling. Like her mom, like she's pissed because she, we weren't allowed to take the pot. She knew we were going to lose the fucking pot and now we're home and we don't have the pot. You know, it's like, I told you so. Like, I knew this was going to happen. She's upset, but she's already smiling. She's already made pancakes. Like, there's already breakfast for us waiting, even though she's upset. And she's like, oh, and she's so upset with Andrea. Andrea, you always lose everything. Matcha, how are you? You're so skinny. Sit down, eat some food. Like, I never got in trouble with her. It was always like Andrea was in trouble, but I, you know, it wasn't my fault, like in her eyes, you know, I was like the good one. <laughs> and I was remembering the story just because I can so vividly like 
remember sitting in Andrea's bed, almost peeing my pants with laughter, like hungover with this pot, with Andrea's mom waking us up, yelling about the pot, knowing we forgot the pot. Like we laughed so hard. I was like rolling off the bed. And every time we like reminisce, we would remember the story. We were just pee, like pee our pants laughing. Like this was just so funny to us in so many ways. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Andrea's sister asked a few few weeks ago, like, could you share, like, send send mommy, like, a fun story. Send her something really funny that, like, that she's going to just get to remember to laugh, you know. And I sent her the story in Spanish. And now I've been in Costa Rica for two weeks. Like my Spanish is back to fluid, but or fluent, I guess. But when I haven't spoken Spanish in a while, like it takes me a while to get in the flow of the language. Right. So I, I sent her the story in my like semi-busted Spanish of just like really remembering this and remembering like how much fun we had and then sitting around the breakfast table like being scolded about this stupid pot and and they said I'm like this soon you're gonna be completely healed and and all of this is gonna be behind you and and you're gonna come to Sweden and we're gonna travel like you said and I'm gonna cook you the best meal in a pot that is yours because I owe you a pot like I owe you like I I still like I owe, I owe you I owe you a pot. This is, it cannot be your time. No, it cannot be her time because this cycle isn't completed. And I was just I just really didn't expect her to to pass. Yeah. And and somehow she did. I don't know. Somehow she did. And it was yesterday morning because we've had a lot of these moments now like with Andrea's cousins and her cousins were more like her siblings like they were all so one organism you know all together I'm very very close with them I I love them more than I can explain and um we had dinner when I landed now in San Jose and and everything was stable then and Doña Patricia was fine and or fine she was in a stable place and and then there's been a few moments of, okay, well, now we need to pray. Now we need to take a moment and really like think of her. And, and then she would always make it through. She would always be okay. Always. So yesterday morning when things were bad again, I didn't occur to me, did not occur to me that maybe she would pass. And um, I sat down at the tea table and I sat and drank tea for two hours and I and I was trying to talk to Andrea, which is, I do that a lot. Like I talk to her all the time and sometimes I can have really clear answers back. I don't know if, if this is normal for everyone. I mean, anyone who's lost someone, I know most, most people have lost someone they love, right? Not always in this, in this way, somehow, if it's a, a grandmother, a grandfather, someone older who's lived a whole rich full life like it's still so painful and death is always going to be so hard to understand and explain and process and it's always going to hurt but there's a different kind of shock and pain that comes when someone is taken from us before their time right like Andrea was 24 she had her whole life ahead of her and yeah it was too too soon and when I talk to her, I she answers me. <laughs> and I don't know if everybody has that. If you if you've lost someone that you really loved and and you feel like you can reach them. And not always. It's not like every time I have I miss her or have a question or something, I can just like channel her and there she is. No. But when I need her, she's there. And and it's different. Sometimes it's very tangible, like I can hear her speaking to me. Sometimes she comes to me in a dream and I remember the dream crystal clear. 
Sometimes she comes to me in dreams and I just wake up and I knew I dreamt with her. But I don't know. I can't remember exactly. I just know she visited me, you know. And sometimes it's just the energy, like the feeling. Like I ask, almost like I call her, I want her, I need her. And I just, I know she's there and I know she's listening. But I don't always get a clarity of a response, you know. And I don't know if everybody does this with their dead people. (laughs) But I do. So anyway, so yesterday morning I was sitting at the tea table and I'm praying for her mom and praying for her mom and just seeing her, envisioning her whole and shining and full of light and healthy and seeing her in Sweden. And and I couldn't really get to that feeling. It was like something just heavy was blocking the way in a way. And... um. So I call Andrea, <laughs> as if I call her on the phone. I'm like, Andrea, okay, I need you now. You know, like we all need you. Your mom needs you. Your cousins need you. Your aunt needs you. Your sister needs you. Like everyone needs you now. And you need to make sure she lives. Like she has so much left to experience. Like you make sure she lives, okay? Like help her heal. Like figure this out. And and I didn't get the response I wanted, you know. So already then, I I kind of knew the response I got was, you're demanding the wrong thing. You're asking the wrong thing. You're wanting the wrong thing. As if that's not what's supposed to happen. Or as if that's not what she wants. Maybe it's not what she wanted. And um, for the rest of that tea ceremony in the morning, I just, uh, I just, I, I kind of knew. I mean, I, I'm still really shocked and really surprised. and But there was something to that. Like I just felt that resistance of like, no, you know, you're you're demanding the wrong thing. Like it's not for me to demand you know for her to to live longer and that she has more to experience like maybe that's that wasn't what she wanted maybe she was done you know maybe she was done missing her daughter maybe she was done suffering you know because grief is suffering it's suffering and there's a lot of light in that and joy in that. And I know in the last years, she had a lot of joy and she had a lot of light and she had oh, she had so much life, you know. But to underneath that, be constantly missing your daughter, you know, it's I can't I can't envision myself in that place, you know, as a mother to a daughter. It's like I can't that's yeah. Even the just logical, like the thought of what would that be like? I can't go there. It's not possible for me to, like my heart prevents me from thinking about that. Because I don't know how I would live. I don't know if I would live. And and in a way, like now they're together, Right? Like now, I was sitting at the tea table just now and and I could still see her around that fire, you know, like the way I envisioned her sitting around a fire, eating food that I cooked her in her own pot. <laughs> I could see her around the fire, but I, I, I saw her differently. You know, I saw her, I could see her sitting around the fire next to Andrea with Chicle, which was her little dog that passed on her lap. And I really saw them together laughing, you know, like mother-daughter, shoulder-to-shoulder, holding hands together finally, you know. Because it's a long time to be apart. Seven years is a long time to be apart. And as I'm... I'm sitting here now, you know, it's not lost on me how strange and not at all strange it is that I'm here 
And this is how it's been over the past couple of years. You know, like when Andrea died, I was in Bonaire. I was supposed to um, lead a yoga retreat. But um, when she hit that car on the highway, I, at the same time, same moment, collapsed at the airport. And um, for the eight hours it took her to die, I was in the hospital in agony, you know. And um, I couldn't be there for her funeral here. They, they bury people really quickly. It's part of the faith here in Sweden. It's totally different. It can be weeks before a funeral. And here it's part of it that you you put your dead in the earth where you cremate, where you have the misa and the funeral, the ceremony quickly. And I I had a ruptured, swollen, ruptured appendix and um, wasn't allowed to fly, so I missed it. But I had, we were supposed to be in Costa Rica the next week. I was supposed to lead this retreat and then we were supposed to go from Bonaire to Costa Rica. So I already had the flight. As soon as they cleared me, I was there, you know, and I was already supposed to be there. We already had things booked. We already had a hotel. We already had a car. Like there was all these things that were just like, well, we were supposed to be here anyway. Like I was supposed to see her. And, um, and then she was cremated, but not buried. And her mom decided to bury her ashes um, kind of quickly it wasn't something that was decided and planned with a time and a date and I happened to be here when that was decided it's like I was here and then okay we're gonna put her in the we're gonna put her in the ground there's gonna be a, a ceremony okay I'm already here you know I didn't have to like <laughs> book a trip from another country to get here to be here for that like I am already here I'm always already here and um a lot of those big moments that have unfolded every year at the same time of something big happening. Like I, I'm already present. Like no one has to make arrangements for me to, to make sure I'm there. Like I'm already here. And now this trip, like this trip happened on a whim. This is not something I planned for a long time. Like a few weeks ago, I didn't know I was coming and now I'm here and now she passed, and I'm here. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. It's strange to mourn. It's so strange to mourn people who... It's hard for me to explain. Like I have a friend of mine. I've, I've just been really sad at the told a friend of mine, oh, Andrea's mom died. And she said, oh, that's so sad. Go light a candle for her. And she says it's so, you know, with so much love. And But she says it as if like, oh, like that's a distant person in someone else's life, right? And go light a candle for her. And for me, it's like, Andrea's mom died. That's not someone I, I go light a candle for. And that's that, you know? It's, 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 it's much bigger than that. And I can't explain the impact this woman has had on my life. The impact this family has had on my life and this family, how they've suffered. And it's not fair. I really feel that. Dennis was telling me on the phone today, it's just like, whoever's in charge up there, like, what are they thinking? <laughs> 
you know. It's a lot of loss. In a small family, it's a lot of loss. And everyone here now, it's like everyone who loved Andrea is now having the same hard time articulating what I'm trying to articulate now. It's like saying goodbye to her mom is a big deal. And in a way, I was thinking now, like, if Andrea hadn't died, if she was here, which is how things are, and I'm doing this with air quotes, supposed to be, right? We are supposed to bury our parents, not the other way around. And I had this brief moment of like, oh, but I'm glad she's not here. I, in a way, I'm, I'm thankful she doesn't have to bury her mom, you know, because of how intense and powerful and big her love was for her mom this would have been so hard i mean the way it is for everyone and it's of course triggering a lot of things inside of me with my own mom and you know like i have one that's alive and we can't make our relationship work you know and here's this mother-daughter relationship where the daughter passed away it's all and I still have mine you know I don't know (laughs) I feel like a lot of things are not making sense and also this country the people in this country it is this family (laughs) I mean this small family in in San Jose completely changed my life like these people completely changed my life. Andrea completely changed my life. And everyone linked to her are a part of that. Anyone who is linked to her will forever be in my heart in this really special place. And I am so sad. I mean, you guys can tell I'm really, really sad. But I'm so fucking grateful. I cannot, I cannot even explain how grateful I am. And I'm I've been so thinking about this. I spent 11 years living in Aruba and I feel so much more at home in Costa Rica. Like I come here and I kiss the ground, you know? I love it here so much. There's a part of me that's so rooted and tied to this place. And somehow I ended up living in a place that didn't feel exactly like that. And um, and I'm so grateful I have this little sliver of of the earth to call my second home and that for so many years I had this mom here (laughs) you know always worrying about me wondering if I'm eating enough and how is Leia and how is Dennis and when are we coming to visit and and it's so special to have been blessed enough to have a a small part in such a beautiful family and um, and I'm just grateful for this country. <laughs> I'm grateful for Andrea and her mom and her cousins and her sister and her aunts. And <laughs> I'm grateful. It's funny how we don't, you know, <laughs> we don't get to choose our family, like our blood family, but we get to choose our people. And in this case, I I really feel like Andrea chose for me, you know? Like, if it wasn't for her passing away, I wouldn't have this intensity of connection with these people who I love so much. And yeah, if I could bring her back, I would (laughs) change anything, do anything, I mean, for a second with her. But if I really look at it, there's a lot of beauty that came out of, of losing her. I have a lot of friendship and relationship and family now that I was able to, that was kind of chosen by her, you know, for the rest of my life. And these relationships and that love, it was born out of sharing this loss, right? Sharing that grief created a lot of precious things, a lot of precious relationships. So I'm not grateful that she died. I mean, until I, for the rest of my life, I will ask God about that why that had to happen because it will never make sense to me but I'm grateful for the beauty that was born out of that too so um, 
as I prepare to say goodbye to this country, <laughs> to these people in my life, I want to just leave you with a reminder to love your loved ones and to hold your loved ones and to not take them for granted. And um, a reminder that if your loved ones are in a place with you that's challenging right now, like I have one of those super challenging relationships, that you can still love them. Even if you're not speaking right now, even if you're distant, even if they're not in your life, you can still love them and share that love and feel that love. You know, that love is, 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 is just the same. So just love on your people, past and present, here or there. Just love on them. Because things can change really quickly. I am going <laughs> to... I'm going to wipe my tears. Um, you'll let me know how much you want to charge for this therapy session, okay? You guys can all send me your invoices <laughs> for this therapy, this hour of therapy. I really needed the space to just share and process and thank you. I'm going to go downstairs, eat some guacamole with Laura. It's a really good reminder you know, to love on your people while they're still here. Like, fuck how important that is. And sometimes I feel like I can be a distant friend, you know. I can be very out of sight, out of mind. And to love on our people while they are still here, you know, to not wait until we lose them to go, oh, I should have reached out more, I should have been there more, I should have appreciated them more. Like, do that now. I'm going to go downstairs to one of one of my people who are here, and eat some guacamole and drink a glass of red wine <laughs> and just spend the rest of this evening in awe and gratitude for this life and I hope whatever you do tonight that it's something like that you know I love you thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you I'll see you next week Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. And of course, a big thank you to my sponsors. Please support them the way they support this podcast. If you enjoy the show, make sure you give it a five-star review. That really means the world and makes such a big difference. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio. Make sure you follow all episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. Available now for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, and wherever you normally get your shows. I'll see you next week.